Welcome to the Serie A Show. Welcome back. It's another edition of the Serie A Show. We hope you are all doing well. It was another absolutely fantastic match day so since there are midweek fixtures this is going to be a mix of a review and a preview show so we're going to start with the, with the reviews of this past weekend and Nima we will start with you the Milan derby sort of went as you expected from my point of view Milan never looked convincing or in that whatsoever no um I, I've never seen I was I was I was very shocked by that performance from Milan I lifeless I did not lifeless they were completely dead. It was, it was, it was, I, I, I've never seen a Milan derby. I mean, I've seen Milan derbies through in the past 30 years where these teams have hammered each other, but that was, you know, that, that was due to, you know, things happening in the game, tactical, you know, one team being on fire and, and, and whatever, but, but I've never seen one team just not turn up the way that Milan did. They were, they were completely dead. There was no passion. There was no, there was no no fire. They, they they looked like eleven individuals, and they looked like eleven individuals that didn't didn't even care. Um, and they looked disjointed. They looked uh, fragmented. Um, and they were lucky not to lose six seven nil. If Inter were a little bit more, uh, if Inter were a little bit more, good, you know, had more killer instinct in front of goal, they should have won this by five six nil, because Inter were in complete command from start to finish and. Uh, I'm, once again, Gianpaolo, I I don't understand what he's doing. I really don't understand what he's doing. Why didn't Benacer start? Why, again, Suso as a trequartista? I mean, it's just, he seems in panic mode. This is match day four, and the guy seems in complete panic mode. I, I, I said last week or the week before that I think that he's out by the end of the, before the next um, international break. Now I hope he's out by the next, before the next international break. Because this is not working, he looks completely lost. Um, bring bring Gattuso back. There was, I don't understand why they let him go in the first place. If Gianpaolo was supposed to be, supposed to be the step up, it's not a step up. This is a step down. Um, I'm not saying Gattuso. You know, we all said it here that he was, um, you know, he was learning on the job. The cur- you know, the, the curve was was peaking upwards, although very slightly. But this is this is a disaster. This this is the Milan look don't look like Milan. They look like a team that's newly promoted. They look terrible. And Chloe again, oh, one shot on target for Milan. I mean, this this is getting worse. It should be getting better. It's getting worse. Yeah, I think um, for them it was uh, in a way bad timing to play a derby match. I mean, the the fact that there were no fire, there was no fire or passion. Um, from Milan was unforgivable because there should be at least that um, in a game of that magnitude. But I think the thing that didn't help them was that Inter were so well organised. Um, you could see the way Conte has got his defence uh, working together. You could see this is already a, a team that have gelled and clicked. And so the contrast between them was really stark because Milan are so disorganised uh, and so lacking identity, so clueless working as individuals and not a unit. So it, it really was um, two contrasting sides in the way that they approached the game as well, which it, it definitely didn't help. Um, but I was just 
aside from Milan being so poor, I was really, really, really impressed with Inter. Um, I mean, we've said the first three games that they won were against sort of lesser sides. So to come after a disappointing result in Europe, to come into the Milan derby with such confidence, um, it just shows that really they are um, they are going to be in this title race. I'm I'm convinced of it. No, I'm, for me, it's this is way too soon still because this was an awful Milan team. Um, and also, sure, it was clear that Inter, after that horrible performance against Slavia Prague, needed to needed to react. They needed to show uh, something that you know that this was just a one-off, uh, un passo falso, as the Italians say, just a false step. But um, this is, uh, but but you know, Milan didn't put up a fight. I, I mean, sure, Inter were you know prepared really well for the game. The midfield was fantastic. Barella. Sensi and Brozovic, when they get it to work, it is it's poetry. It's poetry in motion. This is this is so so good. But I'm still a little bit, uh, can you know, I'm not really entirely convinced because I I still feel that there are there are instances where where Inter fall asleep um, and Milan just aren't good enough to to take advantage of that. Slavia Prague were better than Milan. Let's put it this way, um, much better than Milan, uh, and and uh, at least today. And um, I, 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 I'm not entirely convinced. I thought Godin, Skriniar, and 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 De Frey were fantastic again. I'm really surprised that Godin managed to outmuscle Leao, who was obviously put there. I mean, it's clear that Gianpaolo had identified Godin as the weak link in Inter's defense for pace and only for pace. And um, and 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 Godin, Godin instead used his all his. Uh, his routine to to outmuscle him, uh, even though when when he was when, when he was losing these pace pace one on ones, he 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 managed to win the 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 one on one thanks to his routine, his physique, his his great read of the game. No, it, it was it was it was a great performance by Inter as, as a cohesive unit, and uh, everyone worked and clicked, and it was really important from a confidence point of view. But for me, this is still. Look, let me put it to you this way. For me, Lazio and Juventus, those those two games are the ones that if Inter still have still maximum points after those games, then yes, this is there's no Conte can't, you know, no one can hide from it anymore. Then Inter are a team that's going to fight for the title. But but before then, and also that Juventus game is so important. How will Inter go into that? How will Inter react to that? Um, because I still think Juventus, I mean, everyone criticizes Juventus, but they're three, three wins, one draw, they were two 0 up against Atletico Madrid, who are one of the best teams in Europe. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really buying this Juventus are the underdogs narrative and Juventus have been so poor narrative. I'm not buying it at all. Uh, this is still Juventus' title to lose. Again, drawing conclusions now is ridiculous. Um, again, we're taking this on a, a week by week, a match by match basis. But from what I've seen, um, Antonio Conte's side, Nima. I mean, having. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing third-tier sides. I mean, to concede only one goal up until this point is impressive. They clearly resemble Antonio Conte. And I just want to point out a player who I feel like he's taken such a massive step up. The quality, in my opinion, has always been there. But Brozovic, I I can't say enough about him. He's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this This is Spalletti's doing. I mean, remember... A year and a half ago, when when the Brozovic was basically sitting in a taxi on his way to Malpensa to fly to Sevilla, to Sevilla, and and Spalletti just blocked that deal and dragged him out and said, "You're not going anywhere. I don't have any men." 
Um, and since then, he, he he created this position, this double pivot uh, position, uh, this deep playmaking position. It started with a double pivot, together with um, uh, with with Galliardini, um, and Vecino. And and then since then, he's just been you know he, he had a fantastic World Cup with Croatia to the, went to the World Cup final, and and he last season he was in Inter's without a doubt most important player. And and now he's got you know Stefano Sensi was brought in as a backup to him, but instead they they've managed to to find a way to for them three to play together, and they all complement and complement each other so well. But they're also so good in the sense that they can all switch positions and play in each other's roles, especially Sensi and Brozovic, and and that's really good because when 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 things don't work for Brozovic, uh, you know Inter is especially against Slavia Prague it showed again but then they just you know brought Barella in and moved Sensi to the deep, to that playmaker position and Inter looked on fire so no this is this this is this midfield has got everything it's got dynamism it's got physique the only thing it doesn't have is centimeters in the air because they're all they're all like smurfs they're all short but um <laughs> it is it is a midfield of smurfs um so uh, but 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 the physique the the tenacity the 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 dyna- dynamism they they can all shoot uh, they have good shots on them they the free kicks are now no, no longer an issue set pieces are now no longer an issue no it's 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 really good i'm really impressed but as I said, Lazio, Lazio and Juve for me before I before I start joining the hype train. That's fair. So we will be previewing that Lazio match in the in the coming minutes here later in the show. But Chloe, I gave you ten minutes, uh, just about into this recording. <laughs> how are you doing? I don't even know how to describe that. <laughs> I think you better ask somebody else that question because I don't think I've come to terms with it myself yet. Um, no, I, I mean. Put it, let's put this into context. So the last time Fiorentina won a match in the league was um, f- February this year. It's now mid-September. Uh, the last victory was a 4-1 win away at Spal. So, you know, it's for supporters, it, it's an incredibly long time since they won. And, you know, you, you get to that point where that... that equalising goal for 2-2 was disallowed and you think that's it but for those last 10 minutes um, Gasparini was really able to change things by introducing Ilicic and Papu Gomez Um, and I think for a team that had given everything and battled really hard it it was you know the fear crept in and you could see them defending too deep and and backing off and it, it was really really hard to just cling on to it because I think that they just wanted it so badly um, and you know ha- it's not just Fiorentina that's fallen foul of this, how many teams have been leading against Atalanta and Atalanta eventually pegged them back, they're, they're not alone in this in this problem and you know <coughs> Roma. Um, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Um, so it, unfortunately it's come at a very bad time for Montella and their team but they've played Juve, Napoli and Atalanta, the last year's top three sides in the first four games. And coming off the back of last season when, um, you know, everything was so awful, he's he's had to pick the team up. He's had to, you know, they've had a new ownership. They've brought in lots of new players. But essentially, it's been him that's had to um, start rebuilding after they hit absolute rock bottom last season. And, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. And, 
yes, you can look at the facts, you can look at the, the fact that they're bottom of the league with only two points. Um, but I think you have to take the way they played for that first 80 minutes to show that I think it can be done. Well, I want I want to take one, and maybe I would love to hear your input on this, but for me, just from you know not having a, a horse in this race between Atalanta and Fiorentina, for me, the, the best positive, if I were a Fiorentina supporter, out of this is it seems like Montella now has found his setup. You have this 3-5-2, you have uh, Ribery, you have Chiesa up front. This midfield, I think, perfectly complement each other. Uh, Nima mentioned Inter this midfield. I mean, you have Castrovili, Fidel, Pulgar. All of them have these characteristics that perfectly complement each other. Yeah. You have the three at the back. You have Dragowski in goal. It seems now he at least has the system, has the players, has the formation. I think now this is when it's going to come together because they they they, they clearly were the superior team for 80 minutes. Clearly. And they were, Yeah. I, sorry, and, and they were against Juventus as well. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't I, I understand that you're you know, look at the like you said, look at the you know league table and people criticizing them. But I don't. This is there's no doubt in my mind that Fiorentina will will is going to fight for that last fourth position to the Champions League. There's no doubt in my mind because they're playing and behaving like a top team. Like you said, they played the top three sides, Juve, Napoli, and, and Atalanta, and they outplayed Juve and Atalanta for large periods. And they were well, they they were you know they were they the referees stole the game from them against Napoli. Which, which is so, so, so all in all, these are you know this, this is just um, small details in a game. For me, Fiorentina are a top side. There's no doubt about that. And exactly as John said, they found the formation now. It's just clicking. They're they're going to cruise now. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, to me, uh, they play Sampdoria midweek, um, who are <laughs> unbelievably, considering the way they've played, uh, above Fiorentina by one point in the table. So they're second bottom. Um, but, you know, all of this that we're, we're talking about and all of the positive points, at the end of the day, um, he Montella has to get a result versus Sampdoria and he has to get them onto a winning run. I mean... I'm confident that once he ha- has got that win under his belt, that like Nima says, they'll go st- from strength to strength. But first of all, he's got to do it. He's got to get the job done. Um, otherwise, whether they play well or not, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, the the win will come though. I I think they will be Sampdoria, who even though they won against Torino, they did not look even remotely convincing. Um, speaking of not looking convincing, Nima, I I. You and I had differing opinions on Juve, how they would look against Verona. I thought this would be a chance for them to sort of, as I said, take their foot off the gas a little bit and sort of regroup, recalibrate. Because it's been, I I won't say it's difficult because they've gotten the results, but it's certainly been a period of transformation for them. They did not look good against Verona. Verona missed a penalty early on. It just looks very messy, not organized, which is not anything we would ever use to describe Juve of the past under Allegri. No, but then again, this isn't the Juve of Allegri. This is a, this is a Juve that's uh, that's uh, where an ideologue is in charge. Uh, Sarri is an ideologue, and, and when you have an ideologue, he, 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 will, he will impose his ideas, and it, it will take time before they are fully incorporated and imposed, uh, and, and, and the rest of the team and the players have understood that. Allegri was a, was a pragmatic coach. He 
you know, he, 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 he could, he could play in any formation and with any players, it was about getting the job done on the day. Um, and, and, and Sari isn't, he plays his four, three, three, he has his players that he wants to play and he has the system that he wants to play. And, and it's going to take a while for them to gel. But having said that, <clears throat> you know, a draw away against Fiorentina, sure, they were outplayed, but they still got the draw. They didn't lose. They didn't concede. Um, you know, at, at Juve, it's the results that matter, and and the results that he's got aren't that bad. It's not looking too good, but but who cares? At the end of the history books, at the end of the day, if they win the Serie A again and they win the Champions League, we'll only say it won't say that in September Sarri was being questioned because they weren't scoring goals for fun. It'll say that Juve won Serie A and the Champions League. You know that, that that's that's just how that's how the Juve approach. Uh, life in general and that's that's how it should be approached if you want to be a winning side and and I think they are um, they are still for me I mean they De Ligt is looking better slightly better he, he still has some issues but but it's going to take time um, and as long as they, they keep winning and getting the results then what are you going to do? Hey real quick I know we were going to move on to Bologna Roma next but I just want to bring them up because I we mentioned them in our preview episode and once again they looked I don't know if if you guys had the chance to watch, but Udinese look so bad. I, I, I can't even find the proper words to describe them as a team because they they have absolutely nothing, and we all expect Sampdoria Fiorentina to do better. Nima, you mentioned Sam could be in trouble for relegation. Chloe and I, I'm still convinced this Udinese side is infinitely worse than Spal. I think they could finish right there along with Lecce at the very bottom of the table. They look horrendous. Yeah, they lose they again, this time to Brescia. Hey, four matches in, six points. Not bad at all for the newcomers. And they've still got Balotelli as well to come. Yeah, Great point. Yeah, so uh, Balotelli will be making his debut tomorrow for Brescia. But Udinese, they have all the makings, all the makings in my opinion, of a side destined for the drop. They look horrible. Yeah, they do. They do, and it's 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 quite worrying. But but I think that at the end of the day, I think Lecce, um, uh, Brescia, I, I didn't think we're going to go out. But I think Hellas, Lecce, and Spal are teams that that will that will re- be relegated. Um, but I think Udinese are definitely one of the teams uh, that are going to be fighting to avoid it with them, um, together with Brescia and. Uh, so, so no, I, I, I'm worried about Udinese. I think it's sad because I, it's, you know, Pierpaolo Marino is, is, you know, is a sporting director I absolutely love. I think he's a, he's fantastic. Um, and, and Udinese is, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting provincial side. It's a classic Serie A team. You know, they have a new stadium. They, they're owned by a very professional family, but they seem completely preoccupied by Watford. And I think they... You know, I think they need to kind of focus a little bit on Udinese as well because they're kind of just giving away Udinese. And if they can't, then they should just sell the club to someone who cares. They they look horrible. So Bologna Roma. Were you were you were you were you singing Vere tu mi piace tu 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 tu? Vere tu mi piace tu 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 tu. Vere tu. Chloe, Chloe, thank you for Jordan Vere tu. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because in the summer, he was a very divisive player and some Milan supporters were, you know, sort of giving giving some stick to Roma supporters as if they had pulled one over on them for getting Roma to spend 
let's be honest, a, a pretty sizable fee for the Frenchman. But if if I were just to point out two or three of the most important players so far for Roma, I don't know how I could exclude Veritu. Veritu, Dzeko, Kolarov would probably be my vote. Maybe Pellegrini in there as well. He has the work rate of Nangolan. He is everything that they wanted Steven and Zonzi to be. Now, Steven and Zonzi runs about as fast as my Nona, but <laughs> it's not even about speed. It's about work rate. It's about attitude on the pitch. It's about character. Oh my God. That run that Veritu made at the end of that match was something I have not seen since, since Nangolan. And I was just so impressed. I, I, in my opinion, I don't think Roma should have even been in that um, in that position because I thought the penalty awarded to Bologna was dubious at best. Um, Kolarov clearly got the ball, and I don't know what is going on with VAR. I just I give up because trying to explain, trying to rationalize. How is that not a clear and obvious? I mean, how is that not a clear and obvious error? It's it's a penalty. It's an error. I mean, this clear and obvious nonsense. I I don't get it. I I really don't get it, and 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 Kolarov is on the ball. He, he it's it's the clearest one you'll see. I, I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. I don't get it at all. And we didn't really receive much of an explanation after the match either, which made it even more confusing. So that aside, I thought Roma. If this were, if you took this situation and you just switched out the manager, if it was Eusebio Di Francesco in the place of Paolo Fonseca, I think Roma lose that match or they they draw because they they. They drop, they they lose their attitude, or they they whine and they moan because of the penalty. They drop their heads, whatever it may be. But I give him a lot of stick as well. And Nima, you have in the past. But Juan Jesus, he gets fouled, he gets up, and he quickly gives the ball to Veritu, who runs 30, 40 yards, hands it off to Pellegrini, who gives it to Jekyll, who, who hammers it home. They at least have the look of a different Roma side. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but from yeah. my standpoint, that that it's just aesthetics uh listen the defense clearly still has some things that need to be worked out i understand that but just from my point of view i think just from an attitude standpoint and not even a tactical not even a player for player just from a pure attitude and character standpoint they look completely different completely different i think that's what you want to see as a fan as well i think you know um speaking from experience when you've had uh, a spell where everything is miserable and everything is diabolical. And, you know, uh, Roma definitely had that last season um, with Di Francesco. I think to see a team being positive and uh, looking to attack and entertaining, I think that's really all you need to kind of cheer you up out of the doom and gloom. And I think, you know, if there are things to work on, then fine. But as long as you can see that... Uh, it's a fresh approach and a fresh start and you've got some players who are, who are willing to go forward and, and make a difference. Um, and, you know, Veritu will, will give you that because like you say, yeah, he has got a great character. Um, he, he was stifled under Pioli in the second season when he tried to play him as a defensive midfielder, which he was capable of doing, but you cut out all that creativity that he's got. So I think now under Fonseca, he will really continue to um, get better and better. And yeah, I think I think it's great for the supporters to be able to see something a bit more positive. For me, Roma, this is why I had Roma at fourth. I, I, I think Roma have a good squad. I think now the the problem last season, you know, was, was completely different. I mean, everything kind of... 
crashed and burned. So I think that's that's kind of it's kind of difficult and reductive to make that kind of comparison. But this is this is a good squad. I mean, when Zabakosta and Spinazzola are back, then you have alternatives on fullback, which you haven't had before. Um, in midfield, you have alternatives. I mean, you still have Diavara on the bench. Um, you know, you, you've got Zaniolo benched, you know, comes in off the bench. You, you, you've you got Cengiz Under, Perotti when he comes back. I mean, Roma are a top side. And remember, Roma haven't lost yet. And they probably won't lose a lot because attacking-wise, we know they're good. Um, Fonseca has already managed to put his, put his offensive stamp on how Roma play. But um, and and defend. It's it's just defensively they need to sort it out, and it's they've got the goalkeeper for it. I mean that save he does on Sansone, uh, world class. I mean, class. wow, that was that was the save of the weekend. Yeah. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mancini, I think you know he's young. He needs someone. He, I think he's working pretty well with Fazio. I think Fazio is kind of turning out to be the the. Um, the, the the father of that defense, which is what Gianluca Mancini means. Um, I thought the sending off was a little bit harsh, but I mean, he's Very. he's 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 young and he'll learn that he can't. You know, you can't you can't you have to have control over your body parts. You can't just yeah. You didn't see him. There was no intention, but it doesn't matter because you you elbowed the guy in the face. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, you're gonna get booked for that. And that, that's that's the kind of thing that comes with routine and with age. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. No, Roma Roma are good. Roma are really good, and they have options. They have you know once the injury situation is is sorted out and and these players come back, then then there's a real fight for those eleven positions. It's it's if Roma is going to you know they're not going to run away with it, but I think fourth. There's a reason I have them fourth, and I'm even more convinced they'll finish fourth now. Uh, with Lazio and Fiorentina finishing behind them and Milan outside, uh, even behind Atalanta, I think Milan are going to have a horrible season. But no, I, Roma, 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 Roma is fourth without a doubt, and and they, now they're starting to tick, and now they're starting to click, and and defensively as well. And no, I, I'm impressed. I, I Roma is going to be one hell of a team, difficult team for everyone to face in this Serie. A. And I actually think that the Roma is going to go really far in the Europa League. I think so. Whoa! I think so. They have the that is something that, yeah. I I mean, listen. This is a this is a club that hasn't won a trophy in eleven years now. So, um, going far in the Europa League would be would be a dream. I, I think it's something they should aim for and achieve. Before we start our previews, a couple of other results. Uh, Napoli they they beat Lecce four one. Nima, the thing you and I discussed or talked about in the previous episode was the thing that impressed me most, at least with Napoli, is how many options they have, how versatile they can be. That's exactly what they showed against Lecce. Yeah, I mean, they they this is what this is what Ancelotti does best. That's this is this is really him at his best. He he's so so good at at. at uh, rotating, he's exactly the opposite of Sarri. Sarri has his eleven, he goes with them, and that's it. But this is where Ancelotti's strength is. He knows exactly how to rotate. He knows exactly when to play, when to swap, when to bring someone in, when to bring them off, and and to keep everyone fit and on their toes and feeling involved. Uh, and and that's why he's won so many big titles. Uh, he's he is a world class coach for sure. Absolutely. All right, so as we said, this will also be a preview show. So be- because we have midweek fixtures, which are always fun, helps break up the week. Um, Chloe, we first have to mention before we get into our previews, our our, our newest betting partner, Match Edge, who you can go to thecityashow.com to learn more about for £8.50 
per month. You can get the best in football betting tips with over 90% accuracy. Chloe, it was a very rough first go, but they made up for it last week because what happened? Or I should say this past weekend they made up for it. Well, every, if those of you who listened to our preview show may or may not have realized, but um, we got, well, Match Edge got every single uh, preview right, every single prediction right. So if you'd have gone and put your money on what they recommended, you would have won with everyone. So I think we can start to see that it's it's definitely something worth investing in because it, it really isn't that much money at £8.50 per month. Let's get into the midweek fixtures that they have sent over to us that you can have a little taste of here. Again, you can go to thecityashow.com, £8.50 per month, and you can get the full, the full gamut. And again, this is just not... The City A, you get all the big leagues in Europe. So again, thecityashow.com to get all of their predictions with 90% accuracy. So the first one we're going to preview, Brescia Juve. Match Edge says to go with Juve winning at 1.36 and take the over 1.5 goals at 1.2. So, Chloe, this is one that in our preview show we, we talked about should be very straightforward. Now, we did mention that Mario Balotelli will be making his debut, so you, you have to wonder how that factors into this. But still, you would assume Juve get this done, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, even though, as we said, um, Sarri's not got it quite clicked together yet, he is still winning games, and I think they've got the individual quality uh, during this interim period where they're not, they're not quite clicking into the um, Sarri ball in inverted commas, style um, that we're all looking for. Um, yeah, they're, they're still getting the, the victories. And, you know, to be fair, that's really what was happening last season under Allegri. They weren't really playing very nice football at all, but they were still winning. And we all know that their squad is strong enough to do so. Um, and especially um, versus a team like Brescia, they, you know, they, they have come up from Serie B. So Juve are going to have too much for them even if even if Balotelli scores on his debut which you know I think he he likes to do and has done quite a bit in the past for different clubs it'll be Balotelli uh, pairing with Donnarumma so we have to see how that will work out I, I mean Donnarumma we all had our our doubts as to whether or not he could translate that into the top tier of Italian football but he's done well so far but I agree I I, I think this should be fairly easy for Juve Nima now we go to your team where you said you wanted to see them against Lazio. Now, Match Edge says to take a home win for Inter. Oh, he's not going to like that. He's not going to like that. That's tempting uh, fate. <laughs> the, yeah, as we as we call it in Italy, the Progenio. Um, so they say to take the home win at 2.1, and they also say to take the over 1.5 goals at one point. Two nine. So, Lazio are coming off a good victory against Parma, two to zero at the Olimpico. You would expect to see a more spirited Lazio side than Milan, Nima, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, Lazio. I watched them against Parma yesterday, and I watched them in the derby, and I watched them quite a bit, a bit this 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 past um, season. They they are an enigma. Uh, I thought Inzaghi had been able to destroy this this um, you know to eradicate this thing they have where. They can, they can, they look so good, and then they have a mental collapse, as they did against Spal and then against Cluj uh, in in the Europa League, which I thought um, uh, it was one of the funniest things I read um, was was from Alistair McKenzie, who 
who writes for he's a Italian he's, he's he's a freelance sports journalist in Rome and he's a Laziale and he 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 wrote uh, <laughs> after the Cluj game. He he wrote a piece on what happened on what Lazio did, and uh, it was it was absolutely brilliant. He 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 described it. He described Lazio as a as a teenager that wants to look good in front of the teacher, and but just can't uh, just can't just can't pull it off. And they're like a moody, mardy teenager who who lots who just can't too inconsistent, and they want to look good. You know, it's like Lazio or a moody or like a moody teenager showing glimpses of talent to the teacher before sulking or getting distracted, and like a reluctant kid who drags his feet to school, Inzaghi appears to have no interest in self-improvement. Well, they're so interesting because I've mentioned on this podcast a number of times. I think, in my opinion, that they were not given the proper credit for this race for the fourth and final Champions League. This is a team with. A manager who's been there for a number of years. Most of the players, they did not have a lot of turnover in their first choice players. They're starting 11. So you would think that the consistency, um, just from that regard, they would be a little more positive in their results. But truly, I mean, from what we saw from Derby against Roma to Spal to against Parma, I mean, you're better off just sticking your hand in the bag and guessing what you're going to get because you you just don't know. No, I I agree. Um, Lazio, no, but but the thing is that when Lazio get it to work, that that's the thing though, and he's absolutely right there, Alistair. I think they are moody. If, if when the, on their day, when they get it to work, they're so bloody good. They they can they can beat anyone. Um, and and that midfield um, and, and and Immobile, who I think is. You know he's 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 really really improving as a player still, and he's just showing what a great you know that he's not just a goal scorer. He his movement he creates you know he creates space for his teammates. He's good crossing. He, no, he's turning into like this kind of complete hardworking Italian forward, and I I'm really impressed. Um, I, I I really like what I saw, and and now you know Marosic who surprisingly benched La, uh, Lazzari. Um, is is he scored the, scored a goal and and it's clear that they 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 kept him on the bench for the Inter game because uh, that's a big game and Lazio they they play good against Inter at the San Siro and they have under under um, uh, Simone Inzaghi so um, I, I I think this will be difficult uh, this is this will really be difficult you know this this is one of those games where Inter have to show that they're the real deal and in order to do that they have to be able to impose themselves on a Lazio team who are much more much better than Milan. Okay, well, that was nice, but you didn't say whether or not Inter will win or not, as Match Edge, as Match Edge <laughs> predicts that Did they will. Did you notice that? Did you notice I, that? You noticed I was that, waiting for it. I, I thought it would come at the end of the sermon, but it didn't arrive. No, 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 no. I'm not, and look, I, I don't predict Inter matches. It's just not, I'm not going to do. But if if they say if they say that they're going to do it, then then so be it. Um, then then sure, I, I'll gladly take it. I'll gladly take it. I I think Inter will win. I think. Um, Lazio, as we say, they're so unpredictable and they're really Jekyll and Hyde. But I think when they come up against a team that are so unwavering like this Inter of Conte's, it, um, I think they're going to find it really tough. And I think Inter will, I think Inter hmm. will win again. Now, the last one we are previewing is Roma at home versus Atalanta. And Match Edge did not predict a winner for this. They just said, shockingly, let's take the over one and a half goals at 1.15. <laughs> and then they said, Oh, there's going to be goals. And then they said, shockingly, to take the over two and a half goals 
at 1.5. Yeah. So goals, 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 I expect. Um, I do think Roma win this. I think they should win this. I think Roma have more depth than Atalanta. I think Roma, mm. I think in every facet of the pitch, are more talented than Atalanta, more talented than Atalanta. But um, I probably could have said the same thing last season. Uh, Roma go up three nil after fifty minutes, and then Atalanta hit them back. So who knows what to expect? I think this Atalanta team can smell fear, and I think the minute the minute you get comfortable, they'll hit you, and then. They can sense that you're afraid, and then they'll go in for the kill. <laughs> they're just that—they're just that ruthless. They're absolute. I agree with that. They're like sharks. They can smell a drop of blood and like a mile away. And you saw that against Fiorentina. As soon as Fiorentina were a little bit anxious and looked a little bit frightened, Atalanta looked like a completely different side. I think that's a that's a spot on analysis of them. Well, this is going to be an interesting stretch for Atalanta. Just getting away from Roma for a minute, so they get hammered in the Champions League. Then they come back against Fiorentina. Then they go away. They're going to Rome to face the Gialarossi. Then they're going away to face Sassuolo. And then they're at home against Shakhtar in the Champions League. And then they're at home against Lecce in the league. So they have this really tough stretch. And what was the thing that all of us said that we were worried about Atalanta before the start of the season? Wasn't it the depth? Are we worried yeah. that this is the point yeah. where that depth is either going to make or break them? Because to date, they haven't looked entirely convincing. They 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 lose to Torino. They beat Genoa by one. They get hammered by Dinamo's in the Champions League. They have to come back and and go full throttle against Fiorentina in the final stages of the match. I mean, are we worried that right now is the time where they're, this may come back to bite them in terms of lack of depth? Yeah, I think that's their biggest problem, really, because, you know, against Fiorentina, their, their lineup was not really a re very recognisable one at the start. You know, there were a lot of players who, um, you know, there's players like uh, Hatterbor and um, recognisable players that have built this success under Gasparini. They're all on the bench, Ilicic, Papo Gomez. And so the this apart from um, Muriel and Zapata, the rest of the, and the keeper, the rest of the outfield players are just, you know, they're, they're a little bit unheard of. Um, and I think they had to obviously bring Ilicic and Papu on um, to salvage that point at the end, and and they probably wanted to give them a complete rest, but they, in the end, they they couldn't because they were going to lose. So I think that showed a sign really that they are going to be struggling with this depth issue, and I think I think it will become a bit of a problem for them uh, as the season goes on. Well, I wonder too, where where do Gasparini's priorities lie? I mean, in my opinion, if if it were me, you're, you're coming off getting absolutely hammered in the Champions League. You know after this match against Fiorentina, you have to go away to Rome, which is always difficult. For me, in my mind, I thought he would have prioritized that Fiorentina match, Chloe. And not to say that he would punt the match against Roma, but certainly give a higher priority to this one against Fiorentina. But that, that was not the case. That was not the case at all. I, I think they're struggling. I think they're struggling for the fact that they're not at their own stadium. Um, this is a team that always... That's a good shout. Yeah, I mean, good shout. They, they, yeah. they struggle yeah. a lot because when they play at home at that stadium, they can outplay and outscore anyone. 
and 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 they're not there and therefore they're feeling a little they they, they don't seem to to gel and and they don't seem to play that play that free flowing football that they were so used to them playing they're not relaxed um so i think they will this is going to be a little bit of a struggle for them until they return back home and also obviously as we said you know this um this, uh, you know, the, the the squad depth, they don't have it. Sure, they have it in attack. I mean, Luis Muriel, Zapata, Ilicic, Alejandro Gomez, that's that's good. And and Ilicic is, is always good for Atalanta. I mean, he has these sheer small moments of absolute genius outbursts that are just wow. Um, and, it, and it works to teams like Atalanta. The problem is that teams that, that are bigger, he, he can't, you know, he doesn't pro- provide that enough times to cut it at a bigger team, but at Atalanta it works perfectly, and and they place and so I I think that no I I I I honestly think that Atalanta they, they won't they won't lose that many games, but they will they will struggle, and until they return back home, and then we'll we'll see the old Atalanta, and obviously the fixture list gets easier as well because the Champions League is six games, it'll be over by then by the time they return, so. No, I, 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 I think they'll they'll still finish top seven, but I, I, I don't see them beating Roma. I think, I think Roma will win, but it will be like one of those four three four two five three games. Like it's going to be insane. Yeah, and for reference, they're they're renovating Atalanta Stadium. Uh, they've been playing in the meantime at the Tardini in Parma, so that's where uh, their their house, that's their their quote unquote their their home site until their their stadium is up to date. So do we think then that they're sort of, again, it's a disrespectful term, but do, do we think they're almost punting the Champions League? Because, I, I mean, again, you get hammered by Dinamo. You have to play Shakhtar. Then you have Manchester City. I just don't see any way for them to advance. In fact, I, I don't even see much of a route for them to, to finish third. No, I agree with that. I don't see that either. And I thought I thought they would have a standard chance if they had started well against Dinamo Zagreb, but the way they were completely destroyed. Um, and, and it's and it's kind of turning to where Gasparini, there's been some reports saying that he might change to a 3-5-2. Um, again, when, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's an ideologue. He, you know, when, when, when you start mixing about with stuff like that, then it shows that you're not certain that you're doing the right thing. I think for Atalanta, what they should do is just complete, complete, continue believing in their football, continue playing it like this, and then whatever happens in the Champions League happens, you know, because it's, nobody expected them to reach it, let alone win that group and qualify for the second stage. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so that is where we were going to leave this preview slash review episode again. If you want to get the full the full host of match betting tips from Match Edge. You can go to thecityashow.com. And again, that's £8.50 per month. Or you can get a discount by paying £75 for the entire year and get, a again, a little bit of a discount there from the £8.50 per month. So, again, thecityashow.com. So we will be back later in the week after these midweek fixtures, and we will, again, do a review-slash-preview episode So until then, if you could please review, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. It helps uh, our endeavors here. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.